Hello everyone! How's everyone doing? It is January 12th, 2015 right now. Uh, and I'm uh, sitting warm in the basement. We've got the fire going. Uh, trying to stay warm. Winter is finally here. Uh, especially in the Northeast. Um, actually, a few places. We actually have gotten it pretty easy this winter. Uh, there's other parts of the country right now that are just uh, snowed in. So stay warm. Um, and uh, stay safe. So anyways, uh, we're here now. Uh, so today, uh, what are we going to talk about? Today, we're going to talk about, uh, to start uh, some follow-up on the CRS-5 mission. Um, since, you know, we didn't get uh, a lot as far as media goes for the second half of the mission, uh, of the first stage of the mission, which was the first stage landing on the barge. We'll get into that. Um, the mission itself, the CRS-5 mission, seems to have gone extremely well. Um, so, uh, it's, that's very good. I mean, that's, that was number one. That was number one on the list. Had to get that done. Um, so we'll get into that. And then, uh, I've got, uh, four different, uh, dates of, uh, actual things that happened today, January 12th in space back then. So we'll do a little bit of that and, uh, we'll keep going guys. I'm just, man, I'm, I'm just fucking excited. Uh, just, uh, got back from, uh, some friends took me out um, for, uh, sorry about that, a little mic issue. Uh, my friends took me out for uh, my birthday, so that was a lot of fun. Um, it was very hard. Uh, it was a lot of convincing happening to get me to stay, but uh, I'm responsible and I am all that stuff. No, but uh, I, like I said, promise this every Monday, so... I have to keep that promise, so I've got to be responsible there. got to hold myself to a higher standard because I'm going to be the quarter century 25. Yep, that's right. I'm old. So, uh, no, I'm not. Anyways, continuing. Let's get into it. Let's talk about CRS-5. So, uh, again, SpaceX was trying for the first time ever attempted in history to land a first stage rocket on a ocean barge, and that whole process is automated. Um, so, the like we said, that was the second half of the mission. The launch went off fine, uh, and Dragon got to the ISS and has delivered and docked. So they're good, but the rocket impact on the barge um, was not good, and it hit too heavily. Um, and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the rocket was damaged, uh, but the barge itself is okay. Uh, Spaceflight Now had some pictures, um, let's look at those now. Um, kind of fell back on the coverage. I was just waiting for stuff to come out. Um, so yeah, so no, the picture is just, the picture is just the barge, and, uh, there doesn't seem to be a rocket, so... Um, you know, I don't know what they probably dealt with the, uh, the coverage, but, you know, you know, the fact that someone got pictures, yeah, that's great, you know, but let's just let them do their job, <laughs> you know, like, whatever, I'll, I'll look at the picture, but, uh, just leave them alone, let, me do, let them do their shit, <laughs> so anyways, um, so the bars returned to port seemed to be fine, um, Elon Musk tweeted on Saturday, uh, that the ship seems to be fine structurally, and uh, there's some damage on the surface and to the 
cargo containers along the edge. But, um, you know, even though this this didn't land the rocket the first time, like he says, the results are still quote bodes well for the future. So that's 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 great. That's what you that you want to hear, man. I mean, um, I don't think anyone would be upset if they didn't land it on the first try. I mean, the fact that they got that far is is fantastic. So kudos to them. Um, and actually, so according to this uh, article, I'll put it up on the site. Um, while the landing uh, was on target, um, remember those fins we had talked about before? Um, after the last mission, CRS-4, when they released the first stage, um, they relit the rockets, which was part of they just wanted to relight the rockets and, and make sure that they work. That was the big accomplishment for that one. But they actually got it to land, um, to hover a little bit above uh, the ocean before it hit and then toppled over, which is that's totally fine. Um, but the thing they noticed after that one was that it was spinning too much. They didn't, uh, they didn't have a way to control uh, that momentum of, and the spinning that was going on, which is what seemed to be part of the issue here. Um, so, but anyways, so they made those uh, fins. Uh, that moved and uh, helped out. What was seemed to happen on this one was that, uh, so the balance of the rocket during its descent, um, they ran out of hydraulic fluid that, that helps move the fins. Um, so that happened right before it would have landed on the barge. So it's like, okay, that ran out of fluid, so it couldn't help balance the rocket so it could land. That's huge. You know, that you need that. Um, and according to Musk, uh, the next rocket that'll fly next month, um, they're putting 50% more fluid in it so that they can make sure that, because uh, if that was the only problem, it ran out of fuel, all right, put more fuel and then see what happens next. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a ton of um, either refinements or improvements. Um, but, I mean, this mission went out, went without a hitch. I mean... As, as far as it seems. Um, so, again, congratulations to them. Fucking beautiful job. Um, showing what an American company can do um, at an age where they thought it was all over. Um, so, anyways, moving on. So, there's also a fact sheet uh, for the SpaceX CRS-5 mission um, that NASA openly has out there. So, let's go through it a little bit. So, the overview of the mission. Uh, the Dragon spacecraft uh, had more than 5,000 pounds of supplies and payloads, and that was critical materials to support the 256 uh, science and research investigations that we talked about last episode uh, that'll occur during uh, the ISS expeditions uh, 42 and 43. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, it'll have the uh, CATS or cloud aerosol transport system, monitor cloud and aerosol, aerosol coverage um, for global, tri uh, global climate control uh, and figure out you know, what directly impacts it. Um, it. That also has an IMAX camera uh, for filming, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then after four weeks at the station, the spacecraft will come back with more than 3,600 pounds of cargo and that's crew supplies, uh, hardware, computer resources, science experiments, 
space station hardware, and of course, trash. So, because they're not just going to release it. I believe that's illegal. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's move on. Uh, you know, the the total cargo, I'll just run through this, the kind of general thing. So, crew supplies, vehicle hardware, science investigations from multiple countries, uh, computer resources, uh, EVA equipment, uh, Russian hardware, CAT's external payload, and miscellaneous return cargo and trash. Boom. Um, so, uh, rendezvous and return. Um, after 10 minutes after launch, uh, about 10 minutes after launch, Dragon reaches uh, the, the first orbit, and then the solar rays deploy so that uh, they have energy, and they can start storing energy, and they start this um, super detailed choreographed like thruster series uh, where they fire um, to approach the space station because they've got to match speed of the orbit and then they've got to make themselves relatively still and still approach calmly so that they can fit into <laughs> the um, what is it called the harmony module um, so that they can dock and that's where it's going to stay um, the, the whole thing is is, is craziness um, and, um, after the two-day trip, uh, the NASA astronauts, Barry Wilmore and Terry Virts, uh, will use the station's 57.7 foot, uh, robotic arm, and that's to help it bring it in. So, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. The more I read about it, it's, it's crazy. I'm actually, I'm reading about how they, uh, they built the International Space Station, um, and that the Canadarm2, um, the Canadian Space Agency's arm was pretty crucial to that because it was the only thing. It was now it was Canada showing off their their robotic prowess um, in space, like to the to all of ma mankind, uh, and it was crucial to help like construct it up there because it was in pieces. It you know the ISS wasn't just launched up there; like it was built in pieces up there, and various shuttle missions were like it it was the to it was the it was the truck it was the space truck cuz it could bring shit up there but like i mean we all know that it it's not around anymore so uh, but it was fantastic it had seven seven passenger seats it had tons of room for cargo but there was just a lot of issues and they were very expensive um so we've moved on and now hopefully um dragon will at least give us the 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 option of launching from u.s soil um so that way we're just not blowing tons of money on seats uh, you know with other shuttles i mean that's just you know makes more sense to do it from here um we just unfortunate events ha left us without it so uh more about the crs5 mission um so about uh five and a half hours after it departs from the station it's going to splash down in the pacific ocean um, off, uh, the Baja coast in California. Um, it's the fifth of 12 missions, so there's going to be seven more, um, that SpaceX has with the commercial resupply services contract with NASA. Uh, and they have to, they have to deliver a minimum of 20 metric tons of cargo to the space station in those 12. That's interesting. I did not know that. Huh. That makes sense. Gotta have a destination for how much weight you can bring up there. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
here's some of the research uh, that they have for this mission that's up there. So we already talked about cats. Um, another one is flatworm regeneration. So f- according to this, it says flatworms regenerate their own cells, replacing them as they age or are damaged. This investigation uh, studies the cell signaling mechanisms these organisms use while regenerating their tissue in microgravity. Okay, so results provide insight into how gravity affects tissue regeneration and the rebuilding of damaged organs and nerves, which is important for understanding how wounds heal heal in space. Damn, that's a crazy research thing. I'm going to follow up on that one. So like there's, so they're going to check on these. Okay, so they're going to check on the flatworms to see how their regeneration works in microgravity so that we can then use that um, understanding of how gravity affects tissue regeneration to then understand how to heal wounds in space. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. All right. Um, uh, Let's see what else. Um, Okay, so the fruit fly lab. Fruit fly lab. There we go. Uh, The common fruit fly um, that gives me the name. I'm not going to butcher that. Uh, Is an important animal model for the human immune system, uh, making it a useful model for studying the biological effects of spaceflight. Spaceflight affects the innate immune system, which could make animals, including humans, more susceptible to disease, especially because microbes can become more virulent in space. That's true. I heard about that, which is probably, if I'm not mistaken, why, like, certain diseases, like, if they, if there's, like, some, some, um, microbe or microbial life on a, on asteroid, like, it could totally survive and make it there, and it, it actually becomes more violent, or, or virulent, I guess, as it says, um, don't actually know the term of that word, but I, I feel like it, I know what I'm talking about, (laughs) um, so, uh, the studies, and so they'll study the combined effect of altered host immunity with changes in microbes in space. All right, that's pretty cool. Um, so they're working on your immune system in space. Space, space. Okay, uh, let's see. And the other one is uh, the Nanorax Sabol, S-A-B-O-L. Um, in, so in degenerative brain diseases like Alzheimer's, uh, proteins clump together in the brain and form fibrous plaques known as amyloids. I did not know that. Uh, these structures are made from proteins that normally dissolve in liquid, but they become insoluble when they self-assemble. Okay. Nanorex self-assembly in biology and the origin of life seeks to successfully grow amyloid fibers in microgravity for the first time aiming to compare them with fibers grown on the ground. Okay, so another thing. Um, this is, a, this is a, a first, apparently, so that's really cool. So they're going to see how these fibers grow in microgravity and compare them and see if there's a benefit or really just to figure out what happens if they can figure that out from the studies. Cool. That's really neat. So those are the facts for the SpaceX CRS-5 mission. And these are available on NASA.gov. I mean, that's where I get it from. So, and I have no special clearance or anything like that, um, because I probably wouldn't be able to tell you if I did. Um, but yes, very cool. Uh, so let's move on. What else? Okay, so now we'll go and continue with things 
that happened back then in space. Back then in space. The year is 1820. That's right. We're going there. We're going to the 19th century. Uh, let's see. So on this date, uh, the Royal Astronomical Society was founded. So, okay. What is that? What is the Royal Astronomical Society? Hmm. Be good if I still had it up. Yeah. That would probably be good. God damn it. All right, hold on. Ah, found it. <laughs> okay, so uh, the Royal Astronomical Society uh, is a learned society. Uh, and they began as the Astronomical Society of London in 1820 to support astronomical research, um, which apparently was carried on at that time by gentlemen astronomers, uh, not by professionals. So all of their research was just by these whatever gentlemen astronomers. They sound like asses, um, but yeah, they they seem like hobbyists. There's nothing really wrong with hobbyists. Just you know, is it a hobbyist or a guy who's like actually doing it? Um, okay, so <laughs> uh, it began. Uh, it became the Royal Astronomical Society in 1831. After it received its royal charter from William the Fourth, well, I have no idea what that means. Um, a supplemental charter in 1915 opened up the fellowship to women. Hey, it's pretty progressive for 1915. Um, they promote the study of astronomy, solar system science, geophysics, and closely related branches of science. Um, they're involved in the production of astronomical journals and periodicals, uh, and. The society, uh, the one in London is at the Burlington House, uh, and those members of the public who have an interest uh, in astronomy and geophysics and wish to support the work of the society may become friends of the RAS. So if you want to get involved, um, that's where you go to, and you can become a friend. I don't know what that means, but yeah, you can become one. Um, all right, 1986, uh, STS-61C, uh, that's the Columbia shuttle, launched. Uh, it was the 24th uh, mission of NASA's space shuttle program and the seventh mission of the space shuttle Columbia. Uh, it was the first time that Columbia, um, the first operational orbiter to be constructed, um, so it was the, f so it was, let me, let me start that again, because it's written a little weird. Um, so Columbia, the shuttle, um, hadn't flown since STS-9. Um, and it was the first operational orbiter to be constructed. So at this point, so from STS-9 to STS-61C, uh, it hadn't seen any action, but it had been built since then. So I would imagine that's a long time. I don't know how many missions they had in a year, but um, that seems, seems to be a long time. So the mission launched from uh, the Kennedy Space Center in Florida uh, today in 1986 uh, and landed six days later on the 18th of January. Um, the seven-person crew uh, included the second African-American shuttle pilot, who is the current uh, NASA Administrator, Charles Bolden. Uh, the Costa Rican-born astronaut Franklin Chang Diaz, and the second sitting politician to fly in space, Representative Bill Nelson, a Democrat out of Florida. Um, 
and it was the last shuttle mission before the Challenger disaster, um, which happened 10 days after this this landing. Um, so pretty, pretty interesting history with that one. Um, and in 1987, today in space, um, the uh, SCS-81 launched uh, Atlantis, the shuttle. Uh, it was the fifth of nine planned missions to Mir, which was the old uh, Russian-built uh, um, space station. Uh, before that, there wasn't... Uh, there, uh, we had Space Lab, or I don't know who, which one came first, but either way, Mer, Mer, was, Mer worked. <laughs> um, and uh, it was the second mission uh, that involved an exchange of uh, U.S. astronauts. Uh, so astronaut John... Um, oh, my God. This writing is, like, super small. I don't want to ruin his name. Oh, God. Okay. One second. The computer is not listening to me. Okay. Uh, John Blaha, B-L-A-H-A, uh, who had been on MER since uh, September of 1996, so this is 1997, uh, was replaced by uh, astronaut Jerry Leninger, uh, and Linger spent more than five months on, uh, f- more than four months on Mer. Uh, he returned on STS-84, so three missions later. Uh, Atlantis carried the Space Hab double module, uh, providing multiple mid-deck locker space for secondary experiments, so they, they you know they could do more experiments up there. Um, during the five days of docked operations with Mer. The crew transferred water and supplies from one craft to the other. Um, and uh, Leninger had a spacewalk with one of uh, uh, the Russian cosmonaut crewmates. Um, uh, happened after the departure of, of Atlantis. Uh, it had um, multiple experiments uh, in the fields of advanced technology. Um, so like earth sciences, fundamental biology, human life sciences, microgravity, and other space sciences. Um, and so these, uh, this data was hopeful for them to figure out how they were going to do and plan and develop the International Space Station. So this mission um, and the science that they were doing there eventually led to... Um, the actual International Space Station being built uh, after Mer, um, which was launched, let's see, uh, on February uh, 1986, um, February 20th. Um, and that lasted up there till the 23rd of April in 1996. So that's, that's 1997 for you. I don't remember it. Um, and then the last one in 2005, um, a deep impact spacecraft launched. So, so I know the name deep impact. It's like, okay, that seems kind of cool. So, um, surprisingly the name actually fits cause what they did with this thing. So they needed to figure out a way to look at impre- uh, impacts on, um, with the comets, uh, nucleus, cause they want to see what happened when the debris evacuated from the inside of the nucleus, um, form an impact crater, and then that way, like, they could take photographs and and figure out what was going on. Now, uh, what they did find uh, is that the comet was more dusty and less icy 
than they thought. Um, and the impact that was generated uh, was unexpectedly large and a bright dust cloud um, that blocked the view of the impact crater. Um, now, you're probably asking, what did they impact this uh, comet with? And it would be with itself. They literally took this satellite and, and crashed it into the comet. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. But, I mean, it worked. Um, and it had a large, uh, had large publicity from the media, uh, international scientists, and amateur astronomers. So apparently it's, pretty, it's a pretty popular, popular mission. Um, and it, oh, well, there you go. There's, there's the time out there. So that's it. Uh, that's what we got today. So, uh, at the end of this episode, uh, I made a promo for the show. So it's up on SoundCloud. It's at the footer of the website. It's in space on squarespace.com. Um, thank you for subscribing. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate all the love uh, from the fans. I appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, enjoy the promo. Um, having fun with it. Getting serious about this stuff. So more content will keep coming out, guys. Um, keep sticking with me. And we'll keep looking at space. That crazy shit that's always there. Enjoy. Have a good week, guys. This is a disclaimer to the listeners of the show. There's something going on. It's something that's always happening. We're spinning on a rock at 66,000 miles per hour around a ball of pure energy called the sun. And that whole system, that whole thing, is moving at roughly 515,000 miles per hour. But it still takes us about 230 million years to make one complete orbit around the Milky Way galaxy. I, I know, it's, it's fucking crazy. So I think we should start talking about it. This is Today in Space.